0: Good evening. This is Chaim Brafander, the Rosh Hashim of the Web And we're going to learn something about the Parsha Tashavua. This is like a very important Parsha. I wish I could go through it, but I'm only going to be able to learn two psukim, the first two psukim of the Parsha. If you're looking at the sheet, Vayom HaShem moshe HaShem moshe Bo el Bo el doesn't tell, are you going to say something to Paro? Boel Paro, remember that when God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I have hardened his heart, which means he doesn't really have choice. Paro, I'm telling you that Paro is going to say no. Right? And his people are going to be with him, amazingly. After all of these makot, uh, seven makot, arbe, choshech, masach, makat bechorot, the three last makot, very intense. In order, it sounds like it means. HaKadosh Baruch wants to have to to all do all of these uh, miracles, these plagues uh, in their midst, and therefore he hardened his heart. Because if he hadn't hardened his heart, they might have agreed to let the Jews leave earlier. So this is something that's hard to understand. It's hard for me to understand If HaKadosh Baruch wanted to punish the Egyptians. It could have been done. In one, in one go, right? But here that God is saying something to Moshe Rabbeinu that we want to understand. And we don't understand it so well. shiti ototai b'kirbabi. What could that possibly mean? In order that we will, that God will uh, uh, inflict the makot, the plagues upon them. What, what, what does that mean? Was it in order to inflict? And in order that you should have a story to tell. Now, we don't really tell the story of the Makot on the night of Pesach, if you remember. It's true that we list the Makot, tibadeh, kinim we drop a, a, a drop of wine into, a, into our plate when we do that. But that's not the Mantisabeh. That's not what we speak about on the night of the Seder. That's not what has come down to us in the tradition. Stories about Makot, L'maan. It says Lamantis of Eba Znaib bin Kha Uben bincha. All the things that God did in Mishra'. We don't tell that story wherever that is. That Ototai and the signs, Ash Samti Bham, Vi datem, Kiyani Hashem and VIdatem. It could even mean Yubine Israel or Yubina Israel teaching the Egyptians. And with all the connections here are also a little hard for me to understand. But the most interesting, I mean, we could learn the Rashi, but it would take us a little bit out of our issue right now. But I would like to, I would like to just tell you what the Bal Shem Tov asked, Supposedly. I mean, it's it's printed in one of the books that collect the uh, things from the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov said, the Baal Shem Tov taught. You know, the Baal Shem Tov was the father of Hasidut. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but Baal Shem Tov is seen as by, the, by Hasidim, Hasidut, who no know Hasidut, like you could be a chosid and not know that much about it. But the ones who do know about it, They all agree that the Baal Shem Tov was the father of Chassidut. He said, we've got to do something. We've got to change something. We've got to make something different, better, superior. We've got to do something. That's the Baal Shem Tov. So Baal Shem Tov said, he looked at this posuk, the first posuk, posuk, and he said, he said, what is Boel Paro? What is Boel Paro? Why? Why? why did the torah write it in that way it should have written it should have written lech el paro that sort of fits in correctly lech el paro because you have to tell him something but the the here says that's a reason to go i mean so there should be some something that moshe rabbeinu says something that Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to say to Paro. But no, there's nothing like that. Just boil el-Paro. Bo el-Paro. El so the Baal Shem Tov said, the Baal Shem Tov said that what Moshe, what HaKadosh what Baruch Hu is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu is, come with me to Paro. Bo el-Paro. Bo iti. As we might say in Hebrew today, in modern Hebrew, Boiti of Paro, Boiti Vin Ne'emashu. Ne'emashu. And why would HaKadosh Baruch Bohu say to Moshe Abenu, come with me to Paro? I mean, after all, he's gone to Paro on other occasions to tell him what's going to be. But the Kaddish never said Bo El Paro until this time, Bo. What is the word Bo? What does the word Bo mean? Uh, just a second. Uh, I've got a, a request remote control present The presenter shared content. Request. Request. You can control the take control. Okay, wow. Take control. Uh, how do I do this? How do I change the page? Uh, can request again request send you go to the presenter. Um, okay, look at this. Look at this. Long after. HaKadosh told Noach to build the Teva. Long after Noach's attempts to convince the people that something terrible was going to happen if they didn't, if they didn't repent, his unsuccessful attempts, his unsuccessful attempts, we finally, we get to the Mabul. We get to the flood itself. HaShem Noach and HaShem said to Noach, Bo "Ata Vekol and so the Baal Shem Tov said, Why Bo? Why not Bo? Why not Lech? Lech ata vechol ha-te'va. And you see at the bottom of the page, the posuk at the after the Mabu, say min ha teva, Bo and say, they seem to be the opposite. So what is it that HaKadosh Bo Bohu said to Noach, he didn't just tell him that there's going to be a Mabu, but he told him that the world was gonna go back to its original state, anti, the way it was, the way the world was once, how was the world? Where was the Mayim? It covered everything, it covered everything. Ruach Elohim was on top of the of the Mayim. Ruach Elohim mirachefet. It was, it was wavering above above the the water. Ruach Elohim mirachefet Al hamayim. So before the world was created, there was a world, but the world had no order, it was just water, it was all covered by water. Water changes everything. If you cover something with water, it doesn't have a shape anymore. There's no way to distinguish one place from another. That was the way the world was before it was created. And you could say that creation itself also also contained moving things around and separating them and by separating the dry land from the from the rivers and oceans etc and all of this all of this went on because before creation there was creation that's what Chazal say that, the, that god created many worlds so there was a creation so look again at the puzzle i don't know exactly what that means but let's take a stab at it means uh, uh, without order. Without order, it was just a mess. It was just a mess, and, and that, and a mess, and without order is a way of saying not finished, not fully created, not the way it will be, not the way it will be. So, it was a mess. The world was a mess. And there was no light. There was no light. The first creation that God made that something, that something that didn't exist before was was the light. And God said, let there be light because that didn't exist. Before that, there was only there was darkness. And then in that darkness was Ruach halukim. What's Ruach halukim? I don't know. I've got idea, a slightest idea. But, but Ruach halukim is a way of describing the presence of God. So it was dark. And in the darkness was Ruach halukim. Mirachefet <laughs> alpenei and everything was covered with water, undistinguished, unseparated, unsaid, and on top that water. So when Hakadosh Baruch says to Noah, finally the time has come, Noah, I want you to go into, I want you to go into the uh, the ark. I want you to go into the ark, and the, the, the mabul, the flood is going to start. And he shows him that he is in the pre-creation. The pre-creation, the layers of the pre-creation were the, the, the water that covers everything, and on top of the water is Ruach HaLukim, and it's dark, and we know that when it rains, the clouds, and the clouds bring the water, and the rain, There's no. there's no light. There's no light. Everything becomes dark. The clouds cover up all the sources of light that exist, so that Noah, metaphorically, was going back to pre-creation, and as we know now, pre-creation is also created. Right? There's a creation of recreation, which is described perfectly in that pasuk, and so. There's a kind of a, 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 a kind of a pleasant description by a Kaddish Baruch, and he says to Noah, "To Noah, come with me, you and your family. Right, you and your family, come with me into the teva. What is the teva?" The Teva representationally represents Ruach elokim al alpnei ha-mayim. God is there. He's in that Teva, in that ark. And he's with you, Noach. You and all your household, all the people who are in your family. Bo el ha That's the place where God is to be found. Because you are worthy. You are worthy. Now, if you remember Noach, if you remember Noach, and that's why when Noach is invited to come back into the world, so it's just Tse, Tse minateva, which to my mind is the opposite of Boelateva, Tse minateva because the world is now recreated, the world of division, the world of separation, the world where the water does not cover everything, the world in which Ruach Elohim is found everywhere. Everywhere in the world, if you look for it, you'll find it. That's what the the Balatanya says in his great work, Tanya. Right, every place, everything is made by God, so everything is godly. According to according to his understanding. So so Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu, can we go back to the second page? No. As for control control. Uh, address control request. Oh, is this it? Yeah. Okay, I got it. Let's look at Moshe Rabbeinu again. Moshe. Moshe has a problem. Moshe has a problem. Uh, the people, the people are wondering. I mean, there are there are plagues all the time, but but the situation doesn't change. How, how could that be? Moshe Rabbeinu says, "How could that be?" And so we understand that. So uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, It's it's my fault that they don't give in. It's my fault. I want to punish them. And therefore, I've arranged that, that they're just not going to give in. So Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that. And what does he see, Moshe Rabbeinu? He sees that Paro doesn't give in. So he says to himself, well, what is Paro thinking? What is it that Paro is thinking which enables him to have this strength, the power of not giving in? Well, maybe Paro Paro wonders if there's a limit to God working against creation. Those creation, creation is that uh, the blood does not flow in the rivers, that the frogs do not multiply like crazy and take over every space. In other words, it's it's like uh, we always say, we always say, Rav Nachman said that if you if you daven, if you daven for something, you always daven for something that is. Not natural, something that it does not represent nature, because whatever represents nature will be. It'll, it'll be so, you know. So I'm not so excited about taking the flu vaccine, even though it doesn't work perfectly, because I do it all the time every year. But I am excited about taking the corona vaccine because it's something new and different. So, it's as if you daven for something that's regular, it's not davening, according to Rav Nachman. Not davening. You daven for something. That's coming. You're going to daven for the sun to rise tomorrow morning. You're not going to, even though you know that it might not. That if God decided not to let the sun rise. That it wouldn't rise. But you daven for things. You ask for things that are that are not reasonable. And one of the reasons that they're not, that davening is not always answered is because after all, God has to make a decision somehow about whether the action of heaven would be against creation. So Pyro might have thought, Pyro and those people close to him, they knew about about magicians and about magic and about davening and about beseeching their gods for this or that or the other thing. They knew about all of that. And along comes the God of the Jewish people. And they say, the God of the the Jewish people, he created the world. And therefore, he can do as he wishes. So Paro said, well, I don't know. If he created the world, how many things can God do that contradict the creation. We call them plagues. We call, that's what a plague is. A plague is something unreasonable, unnatural, not something that just happened by accident. It's not like the coronavirus, which seems to be part of the, the way the world is built. Every once in a while, you're gonna have one of those. But Paro, so Paro said, Paro is a clever fellow, Paro said, Perhaps, right, God is limited in the number of deviations that he can demand, the deviations that he can demand from his power. And eventually, he's going to have to stop because eventually, Eventually, he will just have done too many of these plagues. They'll have too much contradicting, contradicting the creation itself. So by Yom Moshe, so Moshe Rabbeinu must have known. Moshe Rabbeinu was worried that Parah would never give in because because the the Savora. That Paro had for not giving in was a, was a good one, according to Moshe Rabbeinu. It was reasonable. It was reasonable. So, Moshe Boel Paro, come with me to Paro, and I'll show you that it has nothing to do with God's power and that God's power in this area is endless, total. They don't really understand. They don't really understand what's happening. So what is it that God asked Moshe Rabbeinu to do, as God asked Noah to do, to come into the place of God, the Ruach Helukim, hamayim, that was Noach. And Moshe Rabbeinu was asked to come into the, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was asked to come in and to uh, To enjoy the presence of God, the power of God, the, the proof that Moshe Rabbeinu would have that this Sevorah, that the theory that Paro had generated was not acceptable. It was not correct, and it was not acceptable. And so the Pasuk says that this is going to go on until it's finished. But then Pasuk bet, the Akorish the, the, continues and says, Bin the reason for all of this magical activity, all of these makot, is leman Because ultimately, ultimately, it's difficult to speak about, it's difficult for us to speak about God. But it's not so difficult for us, or it's less difficult for us to speak about things that God has wrought what God has done in the world that we go back to and so we know we know that that if we if we look for a proof look for a proof that God created the world we know that that proof is part of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim because only the creator could have made such a Difficult and complicated exodus, and made it happen, so that the 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 uh, what Moshe Rabbeinu understands from God in this very private meeting that they had at Eitzel Paro, right in the household of Paro, they had this meeting in which Hakadosh Baruch explains to Moshe Rabbeinu a point. Of the way, one of the points, but there are other points. But one point of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is Lamantis It's a story that you're going to be able to tell, and when you tell the story, you will naturally have to think about it, and you'll understand. You'll understand that the a story distinguished ultimately between Bnei Yisrael, the people of the children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, who understood that they were talking about God who created the world, and Paro, who thought that they were dealing with limited, uh, a, a limited kind of a uh, a power. So remember, it's the Baal Shemto. Baal Shemto said that Bo'el Paro means Come with me to Paro. Because there's something that we have to discuss. And the thing that we have to discuss is that Paro got it wrong. And because he got it wrong, And we don't want Moshe Rabbeinu to get it wrong. We don't want Moshe Rabbeinu to have any suspicion. So come with God. And you'll see that it was all done for the purpose of uh, Yitziat Mitzrayim, it was done for the purpose of Tisaper, that you'll be able to tell the story and through the story you'll be able to achieve a basic uh, religious notion. Have a good Shabbos. Be well.